Medicare is complicated. Medicare can be confusing. Medicare is no fun to study. Will you know what decisions to make when Medicare time arrives for you? My name is Doug Jones, and I wrote a book to help you figure it all out. Medicare for the Lazy Man. It's on sale at Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. Also, you can download and listen to my podcast, Medicare for the Lazy Man, wherever fine podcasts are given away free of charge. Medicare for the Lazy Man, simplest and easiest guide ever. Fresh from a not-so-Super Bowl halftime show, it's the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. The podcast that thinks Christopher Walken is a weird guy. He used to shoot baskets with a bowling ball. It's Medicare expert, Doug Jones. Well, hello again, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the uh, amazing and fascinating and thrilling Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. We are so happy to have you joining us today, and I'm hoping that you will not only be entertained, but educated, because there's a, a lot to know about Medicare. Not all of it is fun and entertaining stuff, but I will tell you this, once you cross that threshold, once you've made your decisions, once you've picked out your Medicare options, you probably, if you've chosen wisely, won't ever have to think about it again. At least that's my goal. And that's why I wrote my book, Medicare for the Lazy Man. The current ep- or the current edition, 2022, is at Amazon. There are four different uh, uh, editions of it. There's the uh, hardcover book, which is suitable for gifting to your loved ones. If you have any loved ones that are approaching Medicare age, uh, there's the... Uh, Paperback edition, which is reasonably priced and uh, very nicely put together. There is the Kindle version, which if you've got a reading device that uh, will accept uh, material from Amazon, it is the most cost-effective way to uh, arrive at my book or to uh, capture the uh, knowledge that I have. It's uh, $3.80 from Amazon. If you download the book and finally we have the audible uh, book. So if you purchase that, that's around, I think five or $6, but the, the wonderful thing there is that you get to have somebody do all of the work for you. They will move their eyeballs from side to side. They will actually read the words to you. So you don't even have to think about it. And uh, they will make it as easy as humanly possible to absorb the Medicare knowledge that I have captured within that book. And once you have finished reading the book or absorbing it or listening to it, you will find yourself to be a Medicare expert of the first order because uh, not many people have can say that. It's bragging rights for people who want to learn about Medicare. This might be the most painless, fun, and interesting way to acquire that knowledge and to retain it. So that's going to be a very pleasant way for you to uh, learn about what you have to think about as you make the transition from Obamacare to Medicare. And now I want to introduce my companion, my faithful Indian. Well, you're not an Indian, are you, Randy? It's uh, Randy Carson joining us. Hello, Randy. I'll be anything you want me to be. You know, All right. I can I can be an American Indian. I can be Irish. I can be Scottish. You name it. I can just be anything you want. 
Well, you're so very are, accommodating. How, how are you doing today? I think I'm doing okay. I have. Uh, I do want to say that I've got a couple of announcements to make. First of all, I'm working feverishly on the 2023 edition of the book, and that's going to come out in probably a month or so, because once I finish with it, I have to hand it off to somebody who is a uh, Kindle publishing specialist to make sure that it works well in all of the Amazon, uh, the uh, various technological uh, things they have. I mean, it's got to be working in the uh, Kindle book area. It's got to work in the print book area. Now we've got the hardcover book, which has different spacing, I guess. So anyway, I just want to tell you that I'm working on it, but it's going to be a while before it comes out. I've chosen the color for the numbers on the cover. The 2022 edition, green. The 2023 edition, purple. Purple. I love purple. Purple's my favorite color. When somebody would give me a box of crayons, I would go immediately for two different crayons. One was purple, uh-huh. and the other one was bluish green. Really? What was the name of that bluish green color? Bluish green. Oh, okay. I thought it would be a, a one-word name like T. Oh, no. It, I, I didn't have expensive crayons. <laughs> they, they were lucky they had labels on them. They, they, were, the si- they, were, they were the size of a broomstick. I know no, whoever bought term- my school supplies <laughs> didn't think I needed them either. But then there were always a kid, a couple of kids in the class, always girls, really, with a big giant 128 crayon box. Oh, no, 144. Well, I never saw that one. In, oh. in, in the 50s in Wayne School, 128 was the most I ever saw. That, now, was that the one that had the sharpener in yes. the side of it? I was going to mention that it would uh, it would have the sharpener as part of the box and uh Man, they're, how did they come up with all those colors? I don't know. You know what the sharpener was really there for, Doug? I don't know. They didn't care about you having sharp crayons. They uh-huh. wanted you to whittle that thing away as quickly as possible. So you had to go get another fresh box. I guess there were probably kids who used one or two colors exclusively. And yep. what would they do when they'd go home and tell their mothers, oh, I, you know, I don't have any more red I need another or flesh color. That was one. It was always flesh color until minorities decided that wasn't. Yeah, well, our I flesh did, is different. I never used flesh color. I I used some other. I was always drawing. I was I was into rockets and aliens when I was yeah, a kid. So yeah. I wasn't drawing any flesh colored aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm trying to think of if I ever used flesh color for anything important. Uh, at some point, I was drawing fortified islands. I would draw a picture of an island with yeah. cannon sticking out of it and it would have a yeah. harbor, you know, where battleships could park yeah. and stuff. And yeah. yeah, that was what I was into, but I did for a, a time have a career, uh, well, you know, a fourth grade career, uh, drawing on a big sheet of, um, manila paper, yeah. the recreations of all of the television advertising slogans and a comedic format. Oh, and really? I, I wish I had followed that. And at the time I was able, I would draw these big elaborate things. And during, you know, when I, when I had finished the work I had to do at school, I had plenty of time to work on these. And one I remember was a castle being defended by a bunch of uh, medieval guys and being attacked by an army of medieval guys. And they all had clever, smart ass things to say. And most of that had come from commercials that were on television uh, in the 1950s. Uh, And so I thought it was pretty hilarious I did not know uh, the meanings of a lot of the nasty poo-poo words that my 
especially one particularly foul-mouthed friend uh, spewed all over the playground. And so I entitled it Lord uh, Lord So-and-So's Castle. And uh, it was uh, two of the nastiest poo-poo words you can ever, but I didn't realize that it was. So we had a, the day I finished this masterpiece, we had a uh, uh, spelling bee. And my desk happened to be on the row uh, where one group of students would line up and I saw the teacher uh, from my wherever I was standing, uh, waiting for my turn to spell a word. I saw the teacher go over and spend a lot of time looking at my big cartoon of Lord F and S's castle. <laughs> you mean yeah. like, oh, was that Fred Smith? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was oh, uh, very yeah. close okay. to that. But Fred's yeah, Fred F and S. Right. And uh, I made it all one word, though because okay. I didn't know any better. And she, to her credit, she was a young single girl, Miss Olson. She, to her credit, did not ever make a big deal about it. She never mentioned it. I, I think she was just curious, like, what goes on in the minds of little boys, you know, 10-year-olds? Well, yeah, there you go. That that Well, there in and of itself is a big question. Uh, you know, but the other thing I was going to mention before we get off onto the serious stuff about Medicare is Doug and I got off on another conversational topic this morning about all the various shows, music, I guess you could call them musical shows, that we remembered from our younger days, like Shindig, American Bandstand, Hullabaloo. I mean, there was a whole bunch of those shows, and I used to just, my nose was pasted. We had a television with a screen about the size of a, like the back end of a large, you know, soda bottle. Uh Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I had my, and Saturday mornings, I had my face pasted to that thing, seeing if I could watch these shows. And my my favorite expression is, came off American Bandstand, well, it's got a nice beat and it's easy to dance to. I think I'll give it an 85. I think they all got 85s, didn't they? Well, I think they did, but I think they started out with single-digit numbers. I'll give it an 8. I'll give it a 9. I'll give it a 7. And then later, when they went national, I think they said, we got to do something to boost the importance of our show. Yeah. So I get a 4. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's good. Yeah, I, I think I'm turning off that. to another. I'm turning off my pop bottle to another show. <laughs> right. Now, in Chicago, we had Jim Lounsbury's Dance Party and uh, some other local shows like that, but they all wanted to be Dick Clark and they just couldn't make it. But Dick Clark, Dick Clark came before. And then you mentioned Shindig and Hullabaloo. Those were primarily British invasion and beach movie or beach uh, party, uh, you know, cars and girl songs. That's when those shows came about in the middle sixties. So Dick Clark started in the fifties and managed to carry it through until after his stroke, he talked worse than that guy in Pennsylvania that just got elected to the Senate, and uh, he was still doing New Year's Eves on uh, yeah. some some network station. Yes, yes, he was. I remember that vividly. But you know, it's funny the things you remember. You know, from from when you were a younger little yeah. little tyke. Yeah, and uh, the things that were just critically important on Saturday morning. One of them for my in my world was American Bandstand, but we were out in the middle of nowhere, so we were lucky to get American Bandstand. We were lucky <laughs> to get anything. Well, I've talked about what I watched on Saturday morning uh, after I was in college, and that was a whole different lineup of shows. It included uh, the the uh, Hudson Brothers, uh, you know, Good Time Razzmatazz Hour, and uh, the uh, Bill. 
Bill Cosby, you know, Fat Albert show. Oh, Fat Albert. <laughs> and uh, there were quite a few others. Oh, the Banana Splits. But the, I think that was Sid and Marty Croft, but the Banana Splits was one of my favorites. So that, that is not one that pops into my memory banks. Well, it was uh, Saturday morning uh, hangover material, basically. You oh, get up, get something okay. to drink, and then plop down in front of the television for a half an hour or so, at least for the banana splits, if not for some of these other shows. Um, you know I something? Think- I'm I'm gonna have to pull I'm gonna have to pull my producer card here. We shot we probably should get into some Medicare, don't you think? Doug? All right, but I I sure want to talk about the banana splits. I don't want to talk too much about Medicare, except that I have excellent, excellent news. Okay, I would well let's like- go for the banana splits and then we'll do <laughs> Medicare. <laughs> now let's oh my my computer is telling me, oh no, it's saying that I don't have any viruses today. So how nice of it to tell me right in the middle of our work here. That's huh? right. That's right. I would like to tell you that it's, I want to refresh your, uh, your recollection. Uh, we have some, um, some allies in the war on Medicare Advantage plans. We have uh, some people who do not like Medicare Advantage plans, but their stated reason is one that you and I would never agree with, and that is that private enterprise doesn't belong in the medicine delivery of medicine. No, I would not agree with that. However, as you know, Doug, your enemy of your enemy is your friend. Exactly right. And so I (laughs) want to talk about uh, some consequence of that. And I uncovered this from my uh, uh, the guy that I really enjoy the most in the uh, Medicare arena, Paul Sheldon. He's got a uh, uh, a an hour long weekly podcast that uh, somehow goes up on iTunes. I don't know. They they put up four episodes every month, and so all of a sudden I find myself behind. But Paul Sheldon is uh, maximizing Medicare with Paul Sheldon. And he uncovered this, and I had to listen to his uh, podcast episode and then go out and find this article for myself. A bill was introduced in Congress to prohibit Medicare Advantage plans from using the word Medicare in their name. And uh, Randy's going, ah, thumbs up. He's waving his thumbs around. And it's pretty much like like he did when Steve uh, uh, did his heroic uh, stand in the uh, presentation with the lady from the Medicare Advantage. Steve is my new best friend, I'm telling yeah. you. We're going to hear from Steve somewhere in this stack sooner or later. Anyway, so two uh, representatives, one from California, one from Wisconsin, uh, both on the left side of the aisle, have... Uh, produced a uh, piece of legislation that nobody thinks is going to make it through Congress, unfortunately, but it's called the Save Medicare Act. And this act argues that Medicare Advantage plans are deceptive and they overcharge seniors for profit. Medicare Advantage plans are under fire once again, this time with the introduction of new legislation that's aiming to take Medicare out of the name. The Save Medicare Act, sponsored by these two representatives, arrives just ahead of the open enrollment period, so this was last month in October. The bill would prohibit private insurers from using the word Medicare in plan titles or advertising, and it would levy fines on the payers that use this deceptive practice. Medicare Advantage is just private insurance that profits by denying coverage, and the name is being used to trick seniors into enrolling. That's just not right. 
said one of the two representatives. This bill will prevent these private insurers from labeling themselves as Medicare and allow us to focus on strengthening and expanding Medicare instead. It is unlikely that the bill passes through the House where Medicare Advantage has received bipartisan support. In January, 346 representatives, or 80% of the chamber, signed a letter to the CMS, that's the government agency that oversees Medicare, and they're backing Medicare Advantage, 80% of the representatives in Congress. Yet the push for legislation uh, is necessary, according to the sponsors, who pointed to a recent report by the New York Times that showed eight of the 10 largest Medicare Advantage insurers submitted inflated bills. Now, we've talked about this before. Four of the five largest insurers Uh, and I won't even bother to name them, they have faced federal lawsuits alleging fraudulent efforts to over-diagnose patients. These two representatives um, highlighted a report by the Medicare Payment Advisory Commission from March of 2022 that found at least $12 billion in overpayments to Medicare Advantage plans in just in 2020 by the federal government. These non-Medicare plans run by private insurers undermine traditional Medicare. They often leave patients without the benefits they need while overcharging the federal government for corporate profit. This bill eliminates any confusion about what is and what is not Medicare and ensures this essential program will continue to to serve seniors. (laughs) and other Americans for years to come. Well, I don't like the term seniors. I don't like it if somebody calls me a senior, but I do like the uh, the fact that somebody is willing to stand up in Congress and say that Medicare Advantage plans are full of crookedness and fraudulent uh, activity. And I had a couple of articles about this, but I think you get the gist. Uh, the enemies, the biggest, most uh, vociferous enemies of Medicare Advantage plans tend to be the people who don't like freedom of choice, but yet Medicare Advantage uh, plans stop freedom of choice. And so those two factions fighting each other, I I think it's great. It's like uh, when we say that uh, evil people eating their children, uh, that's fewer evil people in the world. So I'd say go to it. You know, if you can stamp out Medicare Advantage plans, then uh, you have done the world a world of good. I think uh, I, have I, a question. I have a question, Doug. Ask away. So if if someone is trying to prohibit these people from using the term Medicare as related to an advantage plan, I have mm-hmm. a new name. I, I have a suggestion for the name. Suggest away. The disadvantage plan. Yeah. Take out the word Medicare and just use yeah, our just, normal term. I've always used I've always used the Medicare disadvantage plan. Just well, take out go. Medicare and say Randy's disadvantage plan. They'll wither on the vine, I'm sure. <laughs> that's uh, that's certainly a good uh, uh, suggestion, and I like it. And it shortens things, too. When I'm uh, uh, typing the title for a podcast episode before it goes up on iTunes, where I hope that our listeners will uh, hit a five-star uh, you know, review or whatever, then the uh, I, it's to have fewer words means that I can get more pithy titles that fit into the slot better, I think, on Podbean. Anyway, 
before I lose my voice completely, um, I've got a friend. Well, you met him. Clarence Kramer was a guest on this podcast a, a couple of months ago, probably. And he's always telling me interesting people to listen to on the uh, radio. He is a big fan of Bill Handel. And so he's always telling me to listen to Handel on the law. And I, he told me about a new guy. He's told me several times that I should be listening to a guy named Clark Howard. And uh, I didn't know exactly what this guy was all about. I didn't know where to find him in Arizona on the radio. And then Steve came up with the same name. Our buddy Steve, one of our most busy and curious listeners, happened to mention Clark Howard to me recently. And uh, so I uh, found out from Clarence that that's the guy he's been telling me to listen to. And he's going, why are you listening to Steve when I tell you the same thing? Why don't you do it when I tell you? So anyway, Clark Howard uh, has a website. I guess he's a consumer advocate and he has a lot. There's a wide variety of uh, people participating on his uh, on his uh, website. And I even got there. Steve uh, mentioned on the website a couple of months ago that uh, some guy was confused about Medicare. I didn't know this was going on at the time. I only found out uh, a couple of days ago, but uh, this gentleman had a very ill wife and he was uh, very confused about the approaching Medicare confusion that he was going to have to live through and figure out what to do and everything else. And Steve went on and said, this guy has written a book. Here's the name of the book. You should buy it. You'll find it very helpful. And the guy that he was talking to with the sick wife said, oh, please, this is, this requires a lot of deep thinking uh, Eddie, it's not for lazy people. And he was, uh, very insulting to Steve and Steve said, okay, but you're, you know, missing an opportunity to make your life easier. So I finding out about this a month after uh, the conversation occurred, I went on to this Clark Howard, um, website and I <clears throat> then saw the uh, article here. Clark Howard says why I think Medicare Advantage plans stink. And I thought to myself, well, here's a guy after my own heart, even if he disagrees with me on everything else in the world. So I then uh, started a little thing. I named myself Medicare. I should have said Mr. Medicare. And the same guy that said he didn't want to read my book a month before responded very positively. He said, I've read your book and it's great. Uh, I don't have his exact wording here, but it's on Clark Howard's uh, website on the forum section and he has completely turned around. And so I give Steve some of the credit for that. This guy said, your book is fantastic. Normally I would complain that a profit making entity is posting on our forum here, but in your case, I'll make an exception. So anyway, we're back to Clark Howard who actually owns that website. He said, why I think Medicare advantage plans stink. Uh, if you're approaching your 65th birthday, you may be shocked by how many solicitations you're getting from Medicare Advantage plans. By comparison, you may receive only one official notice about traditional Medicare. Salespeople, mailers, phone calls, and other forms of communication will tell somebody turning 65 that the only wise choice is Advantage. And he says, let me explain the difference. Well, listeners to this podcast know basically what the difference is. So I don't need to go what he says about uh, go through what he says about the various parts of Medicare and how they interact with each other. But he, then he goes on to say, the reality is that people's eyes glaze over when I try to explain all the decisions you have to make when you're becoming eligible for Medicare. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's why I exist. I have made 
the uh, book available so that people do not have to have their eyes glaze over. And the decision-making process has been boiled down to its simplest components. So anybody that reads my book or uh, asks me for advice is not going to be faced with a whole bunch of, uh, or a steep learning curve, let's say. So anyway, it says uh, you face premiums for your Part B, your Part D, and your supplement, such as Plan G. That's why roughly half of people go to privately run Medicare Advantage plans. Everything is rolled into one, and your total premiums can be cheaper. Can be, not always are. So then the next little headline he put in his article, avoid Medicare Advantage plans. I couldn't have stated it better myself. Well, actually, I think I have stated better. Certainly, Randy has stated when he talks about Medicare disadvantage plans. You know, or you should know, according to Clark Howard here, you should know that I warn people away from Medicare Advantage plans. And I'm telling you that I do the same thing. This is Doug talking. I warn people away from Medicare Advantage plans as well. But here's back to Clark's thoughts. About half of the people who are eligible for Medicare choose Advantage plans for any of a number of reasons, and many people are happy with Advantage plans they've picked. In fact, every time I say something negative about them, I hear from people who are upset with me because they are beyond thrilled with the Advantage plan they chose. My objections are simple. Once you're in an Advantage plan, it's difficult to switch to regular Medicare. After your first 11 months in most states, you can easily buy a supplement without passing a medical evaluation, and you likely will have trouble switching to a competitor's advantage plan if yours turns out to be a bad choice. I'm not so sure that's true. That's what uh, the annual election period at this time of the year from October to uh, early December is all about to allow you to change plans. But Clark Howard says you will likely have trouble switching to a competitor's advantage plan if yours turns out to be a bad choice. <clears throat> In other words, he says, you could end up being a prisoner of the advantage plan you pick at age 65 for the rest of your life, even if it turns out to be crummy or becomes rotten over time. In my opinion, this is a fatal flaw of Medicare Advantage plans. You could also end up with a serious illness and the choice of doctors and facilities you are allowed under your particular Advantage plan could be the difference between life and death. With traditional Medicare, you have many more options to seek out the best care, the best specialists, and the best hospitals for your illness. Yes, traditional Medicare is more difficult to understand and to buy up front. Your premiums may be higher, but you are your own boss of your health care with Medicare Advantage, understanding that the insurer makes money by limiting your care and your options. That lower cost could kill you. So I think he stated it pretty well here, the freedom of choice uh, makes it difficult to get the proper treatment if something bad happens to you. And as Randy and I know, the only good thing that can happen to you with Medicare Advantage plans is you never get sick and you never need to use the plan. What's the clock saying to us, Randy? We ran out of time quite a while ago, Doug. Oh, boy. Well, leave it to Clark Howard to provide something so pithy that I could not help but share it with the uh, the listening I, audience. I I do have one little tiny, you know, you talked about being a prisoner of a Medicare disadvantage plan. Well, Clark Howard did. Okay, well, let, I'm I'm going to just kind of piggyback on that thought of being a prisoner. Yes. Uh, there's a there's a fellow that is famous for having lived in the Paris airport 
for the last 18 years because he was a man without a country. Hmm. No, he had no passport. He had no anything. So I just wanted to point out that this this gentleman, who apparently got to where he liked living in the Paris airport, uh, died a couple weeks ago, and he was a prisoner for 18 years of the bureaucracy that wouldn't allow him to leave because he had no passport. Now, I want you to remember that when you're thinking about Medicare disadvantage plan. This wasn't that guy in, uh, whose wife was murdered by the Manson clan, uh, was it? Nope, nope. This, okay. This uh, this gentleman's name, I can tell you right now, and I'm I'm going to pronounce it the best I can. Let me guess, was, Pierre. <laughs> no, 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 no. This this uh, gentleman was from Iran, and he got trapped in the Charles de Gaulle Airport 18 years ago without the appropriate paperwork to go anywhere. And his name was Murhan Karimi Nasseri. Oh boy, I don't think I would like to be stuck in any airport. Uh, for any length of time. I don't even like going to airports or getting on airplanes anymore. Yeah, I, I wouldn't either, but I, it just popped into my head. You know me, I, I read a bunch of you know interesting, bizarre information over the course of the weekends usually. And I came across this uh, gentleman's story and it just occurred to me when you said trapped in a Medicare Advantage plan, it's kind of like being trapped in the Charles de Gaulle airport. Well, Clark Howard said that uh, used that term being trapped in a Medicare Advantage plan because, A, you wouldn't be able to get back to regular Medicare and get a, a Medicare supplement, which is the by far the best kind of Medicare protection. But the other thing he suggested that I'm not even sure about uh, is that you might find it difficult to change to a competitor's Medicare Advantage plan if your plan changes in significant ways that makes it less desirable for you. So that's certainly a possibility, but I hadn't never considered that it would be difficult. They make such a big deal about this annual election period at the end of every year that uh, I thought it would be easy to change to a competitor's uh, plan. I think maybe the difficulty there is deciding which of the available plans would solve the problems that you have. When you got all that stuff wrapped up in one plan and part of it goes south, you're going to be an unhappy camper with the whole plan. You're not going to be happy right. if the drug coverage uh, turns bad on you because they take your drugs off of their formulary and and uh, provide coverage for other drugs, but not yours. That's going to be a problem. Uh, the same thing if the dental plan turns out not to be everything you'd hoped it would be, like if it's a, a dental discount plan only, or if your dentist won't accept it, um, then there are you know, various means by which you can be made very unhappy with your Medicare Advantage plan. And you can't get out of it to go back to Medicare and Medicare supplement without proving good health. Nope. And well, you know me, I just stay away from them, you know, like the plague. And uh, I, I will admit that there's probably some situations that people wouldn't agree with me, maybe a lot of them. But today, I think we better wrap up you know, p pack up our tent and go home because Let's do we, that. Have, we have run out of time. I think I maybe forgot to, to mention that we're going to have a guest in the studio in a couple of weeks. Did I mention that or not? No. Well, no, you, you were talking about a guest that we have had previously, but did, you didn't say that we're going to have another. We're going to have a, we're going to have a brand new guest in a couple of episodes. He's got a uh, an interesting medical history. He's been on Medicare exactly as long as I have. And so I think uh, we'll enjoy chatting with him 
in uh, just a couple of episodes from now. And now are we, now, I don't think there's anything wrong with letting the audience know, are we going to pay him union scale for podcasts? We're not paying him squat. This is why he's <laughs> going to be a guest. Is, isn't that union scale? <laughs> well, that's that's Doug scale. That's my that's scale. That's Doug scale. I see. I see. People may well, wonder you, why we don't have many guests on the show, and that could be the reason that yeah. many of them won't accept my scale. Doug's been working at having this uh, gentleman join us for what? I don't know, a couple of years now. <laughs> yeah, it's been quite a while. <laughs> oh, he finally dear. found a he finally found an empty spot in his uh, busy schedule. So there we go. There we go. Well, you know something? I want to certainly thank everyone for joining us today because you could have been a hundred different places and you weren't. You were here with us at the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast, and we certainly enjoy having you with us because it's so much fun having you with us. Doug already talked about all the various sources you can get hold of his information that's available in, in his paperback this year, Medicare for the Lazy Man, Simplest and Easiest Guide Ever, 2022. He talked about the other forms that are available. He didn't say, though, please find a source, you know, wherever you want to use. Uh, we don't care. Just give us a five-star rating someplace. As I've mentioned before, it makes our life a lot easier uh, in terms of the ratings and all the stuff we have to deal with in the world of podcasting. So find a way to give us five stars, and we would certainly appreciate it. But for today, we're going to go ahead and sign off. You have just spent about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy originally from Oklahoma. No more. He's living in Cave Creek, Arizona, up in the high mountains behind Cave Creek. And today I'm going to put that in at about 12,500 feet at his Fortress of Solitude. Bye bye, everyone. <laughs>